Hello, Podosphere, and a very warm welcome to today's episode. Now, in today's show, we've got value to the power of three. That's right, because rather than sitting, listening to me drone on for the next half an hour to an hour by myself, instead, we brought a super guest onto the show, as well as a co-presenter. Now, I'm going to keep this introduction fairly brief, because I think the episode kind of speaks for itself. And on top of that, there is a small introduction that will follow. But what I did want to say is that my co-presenter in today's show was a chap called Chris Target. Now, Anybody who's been listening to this podcast for a long period of time may be familiar with Chris's name. Now, Chris joined me in one of my earlier episodes, and at that time, that was the first time that we'd ever caught up and spoke properly. Uh, And it was on, obviously, this podcast. It was on camera. It was being recorded, so that's quite interesting. But since then, we've stayed in regular contact. I'm proud to say that we're really good friends. Uh, We catch up about all things business, and we're exchanging notes and and values and virtues all the time. He's somebody who's very much on my page. So if you do get value from this podcast, and if you do like the types of things that we talk about, then you're very likely to kind of connect with Chris's message and Chris's style and Chris's delivery. Now, Chris hasn't asked me to say this. Uh, He doesn't even know I'm going to give him this little plug. But what I did want to say is that for any uh, estate agents or financial advisors or anyone who's linked to those sectors out there who's watching or listening, um, please do check out Chris's social media channels. Uh, Chris has set up, uh, earlier this year, he set up a social media content service. So he provides white-labeled content for estate agents and financial advisors to help them with their social media strategy to help them build brand and connect with consumers in their local market. So do check Chris out. And of course, if you need help with anything social media, don't be afraid to say hello. He's always happy to help, even if that's just having a quick conversation to answer your questions and hopefully give you some value that way. You can find Chris by searching for Social for Brokers across Instagram, Facebook or LinkedIn. Now with that said, let's kick on with today's episode, which features the superstar that is Mr. Adam Day. think it's uh right we are recording guys we on yep we're on we're on brilliant well uh today's guest is somebody who you may all be familiar with particularly if you already work in the property space he proudly founded one of the first ever online estate agencies in the uk a company called hatched which he grew from a standing start before eventually selling to the connells group in more recent years, he's formed part of the senior management team at brands such as eMove and Easy Property before taking his current role as the head of expansion for EXP UK. In his words, he's on a mission to truly improve, transform and even revolutionise the estate agency market in the UK and empower property entrepreneurs with the opportunity to have more impact than ever before. Today, it gives me great pleasure to welcome Adam Day onto the podcast. Adam, welcome. Thank you very much. That's, a, that's an intro and a half, isn't it? Revolutionise. I've been told not to use that word. Oh, really? A bit cliche, is it? It's not like any state agency cliche Disruption, not allowed to use disruption, revolutionise, you know. But, um, that's what I've been trying to do for the last 23 years, is changing. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you mind if we use the word uh, journey? <laughs> okay. yeah, you, yeah, I've been using that one for 15, 20 years as well, so yeah. Yeah, let's, let's use all of them. Let's use all of them. It's all the, it's all the buzz phrases you see on LinkedIn and Instagram, isn't it? That slowly but surely... Um, I think they'll get phased out over time, wouldn't they? As the as the new ones come in. Well, the new the newer ones with all the uh, prop tech guys. It's cohort. You know that's oh, really? what they, they yeah cohort is like a word that when I was between roles between eMove and uh, EXP, I was being doing a bit of consultancy for some prop tech businesses, and they all of them you you somehow managed to shoehorn the word cohort into every sentence, every other sentence. It was. <laughs> so annoying <laughs> the one word I, i'm i don't know why but i try and shoehorn unprecedented into everything now and i think that's because of rishi it's one of those things that <laughs> yeah. it's yeah this unprecedented time but then i've started using it in normal sentences i'm like chris you're not talking business just just have a normal conversation with people <laughs> it's one word that's come out of it isn't it it's difficult to switch off and it? it's uh, i do the same thing with property descriptions i start using all these really over rich like unnecessary words i get my partner to proofread on my work and she's just like you sound like you're sort of thesaurus just stop repeating the same stuff over and over again <laughs> i'm really excited because i completely forgot uh, when ben was saying that in the intro that you obviously started hatch didn't you that's one thing that's completely slipped my mind how did that start how dare you um i know terrible yeah well that started i mean it really started in well it started in 2006 but it came from probably i remember about in 2003 2002 i was interviewed by um an American firm, and I can't remember the name for the life of me what it was, and it was a, a remote-based estate agency business, and you know, it was cheap fees and rah rah rah, and 
and um, and I was identified. I mean, it was just classic head hunting, you know, <laughs> identifying everyone in the area. Um, I was quite lucky. I think I, I learned estate agency in 97 with paper and pens and no digital cameras, you know, normal negatives on the desk. The old man comes in, picks them up, goes and develops and brings them back the next day. I mean, that's how photography used to work in estate agency. Well, two, you two are probably still at school, I'd imagine. Yeah. Well, um, I'm just about to say, you started in 97. What were you, like, four years old or something, Adam? Oh, thank you very much. Look at this is one young-looking bloke. <laughs> I've got no great hairs yet. I'm, I'm surprised I haven't. Just for men's very good. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't use that. I don't use that. I've never... never well, I will do. I will do. When the greys start poking through, I'll be get, I'll be that straight down boots to buy some hair product. But, um, yeah, so I saw that. I saw that. I saw that market from when it was, you know, paper and pen and then the cusp of the internet and the, you know, Microsoft Excel and Microsoft Word and, and then the internet and Rightmove and, you know, all these platforms that you could start building on. And I guess I saw that, um, you know, how you could translate that old style estate agency into the, into a modern style. And that's where, that's where Hatch came from. The, the, the point of Hatch was always um, really not, it, Cheap fees was a was a byproduct of what we wanted to try and achieve. It was a we wanted to use automation where we could. We wanted to be more efficient. Um, I felt that technology could make us more efficient, and therefore I thought cheap fees was the way forward back then. But uh, you know, I know now that's not right. But that was that was my big vision back then was the time you know, a, a fairer fee. The thing that really hacked me off, probably more about estate agency, was not getting paid for the work that I that I'd done when when a seller pulled out. And that was where the upfront fees came from was, um, you know, thought, well, actually, I want to get paid a little bit for the work that I've done. Um, so we initially, the very, very first day we started, we were charging, I think it was uh, £399 up front and then half a percent on completion was the plan. Yeah. Within about three weeks, we bombed. We had no instructions. We absolutely yeah. f just flunked it. And so we panicked and, uh, and we pressed the button on just like 100 quid up front and 200 quid on completion. I mean, it was just so cheap. It was ridiculous. Yeah. But we coupled that with then getting down to basics of going out and, you know, getting in people's faces. And actually, we could have kept the fees the same. And we thought back then, naively, that we'd just have to put the, in, you know, switch our website on, put a Google ad on, and the phone would start ringing. Mm -hmm. And we did all that, and the phone didn't start ringing. And we just panicked, and we absolutely crapped ourselves and, and, uh, and then went back to think, basics and dropped the fees. Which was do you think it was because, not, not so much like the fixed fee at the beginning and then a bit of money at the end, was it because it was fixed fee at the beginning and then a percentage at the end was it that like perception of the unknown of what you're actually going to pay uh yeah it was a bit of unknown i just don't i just don't think we did this good old-fashioned estate agency it was only right. when we started doing letter writing and you know going out and getting people's faces standing in the town center handing out leaflets you know uh putting for sale boards up on properties that weren't actually for sale you know we were bending the rules a little bit um and, it's so and all of a sudden it started coming we start it was nothing to do with our fees it was because we were out there and we were in, in people's faces and you know i've got a big network in my hometown and um so people started to know oh adam's doing a state agency on his own let's recommend him and it was just it's the stuff that ben's doing now you know that the, the agents that are joining xp are doing now it's nothing has changed really other than social media and that <laughs> digital reach that you have that's the only thing that's really changed and that all that's done to replace the news, the free newspapers that come through the letterbox on a Wednesday afternoon. That's my opinion. What's what's happened really? Everything else is the same, pretty much. I think there's a good like, takeaway there because I've been guilty of this myself in the past. It's kind of that build it and they will come type mentality. You think, oh, when I, when I do it, when it exists, when it's there, I'll open up, put a social media post out, and then everyone's going to want to work with me. But unfortunately, as much as I'd love that to be the case, it does take a bit more grit and resistance and persistence than, than, than just quite simply opening up shop. And I don't think that'll ever change, really. It's giving, giving the customer awareness and confidence that, that you're the right person, which unfortunately doesn't happen overnight. <laughs> yeah, I, I, can't, I mean, I can't remember. It, was, it might, be, might be a famous quote, but, uh, or maybe I've made it up. It's not even a quote, really. But if someone invented a time machine, but no one knew about it, no one would use it. You know, it's just, yeah. you know, but everyone would use a time machine if there was one available, I'd imagine, as long as you can get back. But, um, you know, it's the best product in the world, as far as I'm concerned, a time machine. That would be the best thing ever to exist. Yeah. <laughs> if I don't know about it, I'm not, I don't have a chance of even looking at it or buying it. So you It's like you to... said, you've got to tell people. You've got to tell people exactly what you've got to offer. And then, much well, there's 100% more chance of them finding out about your product if you tell them. That's yeah. what you've. That's what you've got to go down the route of, and that. That's obviously why Hatch then kicked on, didn't it? And then, did you change the fees with Hatch? Did you, or did you stick 
Uh, we checked, yeah, we edged them up. We, we ended up at 299 up front and 299 on completion. So we were still way too cheap. Um, mm. But I really like the balance of having a, a success fee, as we called it. So we had a launch fee and we had a success fee. They were, that's what we called them. I really liked the idea of that. The customer loved it. The customer really liked the idea of it. Um, our sales rate was enormous. 78% of our properties went through to completion, which was huge. Our fall through rate was under 20%, which is really low. And I used to say these figures to people and they'd go, oh, you're lying, you're just making it up. And we didn't make a single figure up ever to anybody. And 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 those were better figures. And the reason was because we were charging up front. The vendor was on the hook for, they paid £299. Why on earth are they going to go to another agent? Why on earth are they going to put their house on the market if they're not serious about selling? The bit that we messed up on is I probably should have said it's one and a half percent on completion. Yeah, I still, still probably would have done it. it. Yeah, yeah I think it would have gone for it. I think it's really interesting. I think it's that, and this isn't just an estate agency. I think just in business in general, the way that humans are wired in the psychology, the fear of loss is also more, it's more overpowering than the benefit of gaining, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, I've already lost that now. I've paid that 300 quid. That's gone. I've written that off. It's left my bank. Then it's kind of like, are they now more committed to the process to continue down that road because they don't want to lose out that initial 300 quid? As crazy as it sounds, because yeah. it's only a small, a small contribution, but it's the psychology that, oh, I'm wasting money if I don't, if I don't follow through. It is, yeah, and psychology is interesting here as well because, like you say, it's, uh, well, for me, the psychology was it was too good to be true. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we actually had to sell against the fact that it was too good to be true. That was often one of the biggest criticisms. And because, you know, we always set out with the intent of doing great photos, a floor plan. This is 2006, right? Harlinia was so you doing were the trailblazers of it. Absolutely, we were the trailblazers. And no question in my mind that we were the ones that pushed the industry on to doing floor plans and doing virtual tours and looking at their details and their descriptions and their photos and stuff. And, you know, we had a, we had a virtual toolkit that we shipped in and imported from America back in 2006 because we yeah, couldn't find any in the UK. There's some agents that have only done that in the last six months, let alone. Yeah, exactly. But, but we were, so we were saying to the customer, oh, we'll give you a plot location map, you know, 25 photos, great photos, um, you know, a floor plan. And people are going, what, for 299 quid, you're going to give me all that? And then you're going to sell my house for 299 quid. And, and actually we were just, we was waiting, but it was all, that was always the intention was to just improve the level of, I guess, quality that the, the customer got in terms of marketing, um, you know, at, at a low cost. And the mistake we made was being low cost. You know, we should Was have it? been charging more for all that stuff, really. Because I yeah. suppose if you're giving them that that amount of marketing and that amount of service, people are going to pay more for it. But if you're doing it for cheaper, people maybe don't see as much value in it because it is cheaper. And it's just the psychology of it's too good to be true. I mean, I, we'll come mm-hmm. on to EXP, I'm sure. But, you know, the, one of my biggest objections is it's too good to be true. So I'm fighting that objection again. You know, it's, yeah. as, if, it's as if we have to chuck a couple of things out to make it look more believable because it is does look too good to be true on the face of it sometimes, you know, for a lot of people. And do you think there's still a, a market for that kind of model with Hatch? Do you think a state agency could ever go down that route where you pay half at the beginning, half at the end? Um, I mean, we morphed into, so when, uh, when Connell's acquired us, um, we changed our fees to everything up front. Um, I was uncomfortable with it. Um, I think actually it was before Connell's acquired us to be fair, but we, so, Purple Ritz came along. In fact, it was before Connell's, so I, I, my, I retract that statement. But um, yeah, Purple Ritz came along in 2014 and they started hurting us badly. I mean, we were, we were really getting beaten up because we never did free valuations. We always said to customers, you either instruct us or you don't. Simple as that. And okay. they said, oh, do you not come out and value the property? No, we're only 300 quid up front. You either instruct us on the phone, pay on the website, and then we'll come out and measure up, or you don't, basically. And then Purple Ritz came along free valuations and then people were saying to me well purple ricks do a free valuation i'm thinking oh god you know we're in trouble here because you know that that here for me go. was one of the biggest costs of estate agencies yeah, of going out and doing free stuff for free which is what i was trying to cut out um and so so we we then changed our fees to everything up front we were the last online estate agent to change our fees to everything up front house network had already done it emove had already done it and I've been getting phone calls from Russell at eMove and Graham at House Network saying, Adam, you've got to charge everything up front. You'll never look back. I remember having a conversation with them. We met up at a conference saying, upfront fees is the way forward. You know, you'll never look back. And, and so we did it. I, I fell in. My biggest mistake that I made was falling into line on that. What I should have done was kept a small upfront fee and just increased my back end probably four or five fold to maybe then make it a bit more believable, I suppose. Um, I really, really hated charging everything up front. I just... I really despised it. Uh, I thought it was terrible for the customer. 
say is it because of your morals more than anything that yeah 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 I, I just didn't sit comfortably with me at all and um because you know i i don't believe that's how it should work i think there should be a success fee if, if we sell the house we deserve to be paid for it um but i also conversely i do believe that the customer should pay a little bit up front because i do also think that we shouldn't be you know doing work for nothing um so i, I think, think that was the best part of there. being a being a negotiator it was because i work for a corporate company it was that buzz to think when i sell that that's going to be the commission in the bag off the fee of course and it was that if I'd have been paid up front, would there really have been that motivation for me to go out and and go and go and get a sale, get an offer? There's no there's no motivation for me to get extra for the consumer. Then yeah, I mean, I felt I felt that when we changed it, the, the I don't think the motivation changed, but we attracted a different type of customer um, who weren't as committed, even though it was deferred. So they had to pay. They, so we did the deferred thing, like Purple Bricks did, and everyone else. Um, but you had customers signing up that didn't didn't look 10 months down the line that oh i might have a 900 quid bill in 10 months time and they just signed up so our, our sale conversion went down our full through rate went up um and we saw all that and then and then as i say connell's came along and that was probably i think we changed that in january 2015 i think it was um and then the connell's discussion happened around may june it started happening around may june so i was talking with connell's and i was talking with three or four others another corporate another couple of businesses that you'd have heard of but um yeah so we sort of it was done and then then connell's came along and it just sort of carried on really can i just ask adam so because obviously i've had the pleasure of, uh, of working with you and getting to know you a lot a lot better over the course of the last year or so but i'm still not sure myself how that process looks so when you had hatched because you had a great deal of success at one stage you were scaling you was growing really really quickly it was all looking rosy and everything was moving in the right direction when you came to a point in the road where you thought okay i think that now might be the right time to exit was that triggered by you having the foresight to think, well, this model's broken, it's not working, it's not got the mass market uh, appeal that I hoped it would? Or was that you thinking, um, this is going to go on to do great things, but I need to capitalise now and move on to the next thing? What, what, what was the transition? Or did it just come out of the blue and someone said, look, we want to make you an offer, and that's what put the plant in the seeds? Yeah, good question. So um, take you back to Purple Bricks when they launched, um, and I said to... You can look it up on the Huffington Post. I did an article in May 2014 predicting who would be successful and who wouldn't be. Um, and I wrote off Easy Property. I wrote off um, someone else. Um, I think I wrote off How Simple, to be fair. I'm probably wrong on that at the moment. They're still, well, they're still around. But I said that Purple Bricks are the ones to watch. You know, you know, Easy Property had all this money. Purple Bricks had all this money. And I said, Purple Bricks are the ones to watch because they're run by estate agents. Um, and they're doing estate agency. Whereas in my view, Easy Property at the time wasn't being run by a, a traditional estate agent. And that's, I think you have to have estate agents to run an estate agency. No question in my mind, that's been proven by Countrywide over the last Agreed. three or four years. Yep, I'll, I'll second proven, that. <laughs> I saw you know, it happening in, in, the, in working for Countrywide at the time yeah. when they so, started to put people at the top that, that weren't estate agents. Sorry to interrupt so, you there. Yeah, no, 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 it's, so, it's just so important. So I called Purple Bricks literally within a few weeks of them starting. Um, and so internally, me and my business partner were talking about that and saying, right, what do we do about this? So I made the decision to start being nice to this, the high street uh, from a PR point of view, because I said to James, my business partner, I said, right, a corporate will buy one of us. They'll either buy us, eMove, House Simple or uh, House Network. We were the four big other players. And I said to James, one of them will, one, one of them will be acquired by a corporate. There's no question in my mind that will happen because Purple Bricks are going to go like this. So I made a strategic decision at the time um, and probably more luck than judgment, a little bit of judgment, but lucky how it landed. But I said to my PR company and I paid a PR company like two grand a month to do PR for me. I said to them, right. And his name was James as well. I so many Jameses in my life back then. Um, his <laughs> name's James as well. James Brooke, uh, Rooster PR, a little plug for them. They're pretty good. They're good guys. And uh, I said to James, James, I want to turn on purple bricks. And he said, are you mad? They're part of your stable. You know, you should be carrying on with your attacks or challenges to the high street. And I said, no, 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 trust me on this. We're going to be nice to the high street. We're going to turn on purple bricks. So I started churning out critical articles of purple bricks very deliberately to try and make me look nicer to the corporates. So wow. I was very conscious of the fact that the corporates would only work with someone they like. Um, they're not going to work with people that they don't like or are critical of them. And, you know, Russell Quirk carried on being critical of everybody. And 
the reason that Emu never got acquired was because of Russell Quirk, because that's what the corporates told me. Um, it's because he was too gobby, basically. Hmm. Um, and uh, sorry, Russell, if you're watching or listening. We'll get you on. We'll get you on. We'll have the other side. <laughs> yeah, but that, but all those conversations were happening. So anyway, so probably early 2015, uh, we were starting to feel a bit of pain from Purple Bricks, and we were starting to lose a bit of market share. Not massive. It wasn't obvious, and I, I didn't. I truly believed in the business. 100% believed in the business and the model that we were doing. But the writing was starting to come on the wall slightly. Uh, I wouldn't say the writing was on the wall. So my, so I said to James, my business partner, I said, right, there's two ways that we compete with Purple Bricks. There's only two ways. We either go and get money and we buy leads. That's what they're doing. They've got a load of ton of money and they're buying leads. Or we partner with someone who's already got the leads. There are only two choices. So we went off and we did a bit of um, um, going out trying to find investment. And, you know, again, I talked about Russell Quirk and he is a genius at getting investment. So he didn't need the corpus in many ways. So he probably did that very deliberately. Very, very good at getting investment. I, on the other hand, was utterly useless at it. So at the same time of trying to get investment, we were going out seeing all these investors in the city in the sort of April, May 2015. And I remember going in and seeing all these people just getting turned away and fogged off. And but at the same time, I got in touch with a guy that I know in the industry who was well connected with all the corporates and said, can you help us, can you help me get in front of the corporate so I can explain the proposition? Um, and he did. So he got us in front of, of a variety of different businesses, um, corporates, other online businesses, other online agents about merging, completely different, you know, equity funds, you know, three or four other people. And, uh, and then, yeah, and then, so that all happened around June, July 2015. Um, I had an offer from a company. I, had two, I, had, uh, oh, I had three offers from three different companies. Um, Connell's being one of them. The other two, obviously, I can't mention, but um, I accepted someone else's offer. And uh, I phoned up David Livesey from Connell's, CEO of Connell's, and I said, David, I really like you, and, you know, but I've got this other offer. It's on the table. It's a little bit better than yours. Um, I'm going with them. And he went, no. Where are he, he, he fell said, down a manhole. Yeah. He said, hey, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no. <laughs> he, said, uh, he said, where are you right now? I said, oh, I'm in Hitchin. He said, right, where's the nearest Costa? And I said, oh, it's wherever it is. He goes, I'll be there in 45 minutes. Bloody hell. So that I went, shows commitment, that, doesn't it? I went, really? And he said, yeah, I'll be there in 45 minutes. He dropped everything, drove over, met him in Costa, and... He, he just asked me questions about my family. Um, he said, you know, how old are your kids? You know, I was like three and one or whatever they were at the time. He said, you know, how, what, what sort of future do you want for them? And, you know, where do you want to be in five years time? And he just listened to everything I had to say. And he went off and then he, he came up with a different package for me that was still no much, not better than the other one, but just more suitable for my, me and my circumstances. You know, I was living in a two bed house, three bed house, two slash three bed house. And you know, I wanted to move and uh, there was, uh, was, I can't go into the detail of it, but mm. he just came up with something. The fact he dropped everything, came and saw me within 45 minutes. The fact he asked questions about what I wanted to, to do in the next three to five years and then came back to me with something different. I was like, this guy's a genius, man. So I've got to work with this guy. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, when I changed my mind, found the other lot, they were really hacked off. I mean, there was mighty, it wasn't another corporate, by the way, it was another online agent. They, they were weren't happy at all. Well, of course. Um, and so, uh, so yeah. And then, then the deal with Connors went through. It took about four months to go through. It was an absolute nightmare. That, that whole due diligence thing is not nice at all. Oh, but, I can imagine. Um, Obviously, it took a while for them to build that brand new house for you with that moat, yeah. and the uh, drawbridge, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah, four months. Like that. <laughs> so, yeah. what was it? I mean, I I could sit here and listen to that story for hours. I think it's amazing. From the day that you started Hatch to the day that you sold it. How long was that? Because I think it'd be interesting for people to know to build a business, get to that point and sell it. How long did that take you? Uh, nine years, uh, nine years and nine and a half years. And then it was 10 years and six days before I fully exited. So 10 years to become an overnight success then, yeah? 10 years. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> well, so nine years, yeah, nine years and I sold a, a proportion of my shares and kept a bit in. What, what corporates always do, and I'm not saying this is what happened to me because I'm not allowed to say, but what corporates always do is you have an earn out over a period of time afterwards. Um, so you get a bit of money up or whatever you get up front and then you have an earn out normally is what most corporates, what most offers are when you're, when you're being acquired by a corporate business in any, in any industry, um, you have an earn out of a period of time. So, 
so yeah, I was, so Connells first came in in 2015, and then I left in July the 4th, Independence Day 2016, was that? 2016? How, how did you feel that day? 2017. How did you feel that day knowing that it was it was no longer yours? Was it elation that you'd built something and sold it, or was it a bit of with a tinge of sadness? Um, I think the the first, when, when we first got acquired, that first sort of November the sixteenth, twenty fifteen, um, uh, yeah, that was quite an unbelievable feeling. I've never had anything like it before in my life because I think as much as much as anything, you know, it's nice to build up a business and see a bit of a reward at the end of it. But I wasn't bothered about that. It was about a bit of legacy for me. Yeah. For me. Mm. Um, you know, I could. I, I, I remember going out in my back garden and, and my wife was watching me going out the back garden. I was like running down the garden going like this. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> um, in, in silent mode. But she was peering out the window at me and she was going, what are you doing? I said, you don't understand the excitement I've got. And, so that was. Um, so it was. It, was it? Was it more about kind of like the feather in the cap that you built something special to the point where you've now been able to kind of trade that on and sell it to a serious player more so than what the numbers in, in your bank account said at the end of the. Wasn't the bothered the about the bank account. Bank account yeah. wasn't a problem. Wasn't, wasn't bothered about that at all. No, it was. It was the legacy. It was. Oh, it was a whole load of things. It was. You know, I can tell my kids to look me up on the internet. I can tell my yeah. grandkids to look me up on it. Look what I did. I could go to my, my friends and family and who told me that it would never work back in 2006, say, ha ha, yes, it did work. Oh, I love that. You know, I could, I wrote, I remember drawing a picture. I'm one of these, I don't draw many pictures, but I used to read loads of crap back in 2005 and six about visualization and all that stuff. I remember drawing a picture of, you know, a corporate buying, like I wrote a sign corporate and then bags of cash buying cash. <laughs> um, and so that, that, that's, I don't think anybody in their wildest dreams can imagine starting up a business from nothing and then being acquired by a corporate, um, even a normal, a normal high street estate agent. But for me, it was, it was bigger than that because it was a, one of the first online agents who had been criticized in the industry for for five or six years before that roundly criticized. Yeah. I've been, you know, criticized for, for many years now, you know, from a professional point of view, but also a personal point of view, which all, you know, it's not very nice when that happens when you get called a bum chin wanker. I was going to say, don't, don't, don't bring the chin into it. Don't bring the chin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, you know so it's what nice it's like going to blow your nose and whack your ass at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> but it's nice to turn around to people and say, yeah, no, you did I it. did it. I, I, yeah, of course. Exactly. And I um, think that's like such a takeaway for kind of anyone listening as well. The fact that I know this sounds really corny and cheesy. I know you're kind of like me, Adam. You're not really into this whole have a visualization board, man, and read 15 books a day and all that's kind of not our bag at all. But I think even if it's only subconscious or subliminal, the fact that you had, even if you didn't realize it at the time, you had that, 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 that visualization, you had that goal and that deep rooted desire to make a difference and be right and succeed when people said that you wouldn't or couldn't. It's that that drives you through. So when you're having your setbacks, you're having your demotivated days, you can't be asked, it's not going right, vendors are telling you where to go, you're doing no business. It's not losing that will of why you started in the first place that drives you through. Because if you're constantly focused on the here and now and money and getting cash in the bank, that's only short-term motivation that can easily be taken off you in, in a clip. But that bit that goes a bit deeper, that's what really tides you over. Because over a course of a decade, mate, there must have been times where you thought, forget this. This isn't for me. I can't do it. It's not working. They was right. Do you know what I mean? You have those days, don't you? So I think it's yeah. really important that you've got the end goal to kind of see you through when the, when the seas get a bit. And I think just to add to that, you said even that drawing 10 years ago of somebody handing over those bags of cash, that was obviously a big motivation at the time was, was the money. But then like you said, 10 years later down the line, the money actually wasn't a big thing for you anyway. So it does show that people can have goals at one point and they can completely flip on their head five, 10, even two or three years later, the motivation could completely change. I think that's where people get held up that they have a goal and they think that's what I've got to achieve. That's what I've always wanted. And actually you do you have children? Do you have a family? Do you have a house? Does that slightly change as to what, what is important to you anymore? Like you said, the money at the beginning was one, but then at the end, it was never about the money. It was about leaving a legacy. Yeah, I mean, I always used to, I, my big thing that I said to my team was we're changing a state agency. We're going to change a state agency. That's what we're going to do. I'm going to change a state agency. That was my big, you know, you can't, you can't, uh, you can't say to a member of staff or a team member or a colleague that, you know, I'm going to have a massive house when I'm older. 
because that doesn't motivate them that doesn't get them on board with you so you know you you know those words like journeys and stuff like that is cheese is proper cheese but people want to be on a journey they do genuinely want to be on a bit of a journey they want to be on a bit of a rocket ship they want to be part of something that's going to change something um and that was always what i what i was intent on doing i was that was my mission was to change the state agency somehow you know for the better for the consumer for the agent for the the, the, the business yeah. um i think I'm, I'm really, I, I can't lose. I'm a really bad loser at things that I want to win at, if that makes sense. So I can go down and play pool at the pub. And if I lose, I'm like, bah, well, whatever, you know, but I, I, I'm a terrible loser at this, at this. I cannot lose. Like winning is all it's down to for me. I wasn't bothered about money. I wasn't bothered about even legacy to it. It was all about winning. It was all about winning every single instruction, winning every single deal, winning every single mortgage lead. And it was all about winning. That was that was probably my biggest motivator, was to beat other people, just um, to beat other people and be be the number one. Yeah, yeah, that was my probably my biggest. The, the, you know, changing a state agency was the vision, but the drive every day was I need, I have to win at this. I cannot lose. You know, I have to beat everybody. And they go um, hand in hand. Yeah, that was my big motivator. So talk me through then, Adam, on that note. So obviously you had 10 years of doing that, always driving forward, driving towards that, um, that, that goal that you set for yourself. So once that was all done and dusted, once Hatched had finished, once the money was in the bank and you was in your bigger house with your moat, um, <laughs> what, did you get a feeling then of, did unfulfillment start to creep back in? Did you lose a sense of purpose? Did you lose a bit of that mission? Was you in limbo? Was you thinking, what now, what next? Or was you very clear on what your next steps looked like at that stage? Um, yeah, I was very clear. I mean, I've been talking, you know, me and John Cook, who was running Easy Property, and he just acquired Easy Property at the time. Um, he'd got wind of me looking at, you know, me and Connell's going separate ways, and, and he'd got wind of that. I'm not sure how, but he sort of contacted me as soon as that had ended and said, I've got this Easy Property thing. My, my plan at the time wasn't to go and do a state agency necessarily. Um, my plan at the time was to have, a, have six months off um and not do anything and reflect and decide what i wanted to do i i you know connors were brilliant um they were happy for me to carry on doing a state agency there's there's very few companies that remove a restrictive covenant but connors did because you know we we left on good terms I, you know they were brilliant to me and and they and they they respected what i'd done and what knowledge i'd given them about online um mm. so it, that all ended really well um i thought well i have six months off then john cook got in touch um you know, and the big salary and the and the easy brand and Stelios and all that stuff was sort of like, oh my God, I've got to jump into this straight away. Um, so I didn't really have any thoughts about what I was going to do. I just, I, I, I guess I thought that, you know, oh, I'll just go and pick up a nice salary and be a director at companies now. And that's what I'll do for the next 10, 15 years. And um, because that's what you're supposed to do. Um, but yeah, I, I couldn't. I couldn't see you sat at home for six months, Adam. The, I think you, a couple of weeks in, I'm sure you were thinking about I've got to do something. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not one to sit. I mean, that's partly why we. My, I said to Connors, look, can you help me out with this restrictive covenant because I can't sit there for six months and do nothing. Because mm. um, if something, and they said, yeah, of course, no problem at all. And again, we were very. It was all very good and 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 good natured and and. You know, they 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 respected my what I wanted, and you know, understood that I wasn't ever going to go out and stitch them up or talk ill of them because I would never do that because they're a good company. And um, so so yeah, we had we we had that agreement because I I knew I couldn't sit there basically for six months and do yeah, nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing, um, I mean, if I can, I just want to kind of jump forward a couple of chapters because obviously, as you just mentioned, and as I said in the introduction, you know, you spent some time at Easy Property. Won't go into the weeds with that too much, but it wasn't for you, I think it's fair to say. Then you've moved over to eMove and unfortunately, you know, didn't, um, didn't, didn't manage to come through the other side. Um, I think we all know what happened there. And then you was at this phase where I think that entrepreneur bug grabbed hold of you again and you thought, you know what, I'm not someone who's going to go and take a salary and sit back and work for someone else. I want to really have that impact and continue with that mission of revolutionizing the estate agency world. And maybe before you came to that conclusion, or maybe you had those thoughts already, I know you were setting up a company called Belt belts and braces was it i think a company you was looking to dominate hitching with you had your branding set up i remember finding you on right move you even had properties for sale you had boards designed it was all ready to drive forward um what was the plan there and talk me through how that came together and why that never was 
so beltandbraces.com. Um, I uh, bought the domain name. Um, cost me a little bit of money that one. Um, but um, but yeah, no belt and braces. I really wanted to. So I've got a mate of mine who designed hats. Came up with a name, and he. I said to him, Nick, I need to do something else. Can you come up with something else for me? But it's got to be an all-encompassing service. It's not, I've got to get away from being known as an online agent because the connotations of being an online agent, not that they were true at Hatched, but the connotations are that you do half the job, mm-hmm. basically. So I said to Nick, come up with something. So he came up with Belt and Braces, uh, came up with the designs, and he said, right, this is, this is the name of it, all-encompassing. And the idea was that I was going to do um, two, two sets of fees, and I was going to charge uh, £299 up front and 1.5% for one level of service. And then the other level of service, I'm going to charge 499 up front and two and a half percent. That was going to be, and that was my belt and braces service. So almost kind of like what you feel as if in hindsight, maybe Hatched could have done back in the day. That's what you was going to take forward about belt and braces. Yeah, I was trying front. to, yeah, I was trying to rectify the mistakes that I've made really at Hatched, I think, you know, by charging properly. Um, but, you know, we never use social media at Hatched. So there's a few la- extra layers that I would have been using, you know, content marketing, you know, in my local area, I'd have been bombarding people with videos and, stuff like that from a marketing point of view but yeah from from a purely from a setup and and commercial point of view it's going to be you know undoing the mistakes that i made at hatch by charging a little bit up front a big amount at the end but giving value for that you know the two and a half percent was going to be i was going to include conveyancing i was going to include the removals up to a certain value i was going to include a whole load of things you know minimum fee 10 grand it was that sort of thing um and that was that was the big plan basically yeah and so that sounds like quite quite a good model. Sounds like you was, you, you was invested into doing that. You had the vision, like I say, the branding all came together. Um, but then you got a call from Stateside, obviously about this new thing, this EXP. So um, how how easy, how difficult was it to kind of turn your back on the business that you'd always, because I know what it's like when you set up a brand, you fall in love with the logo, you buy into the mission. This is now you and what you're going to be doing. And um, especially when that entrepreneurial thing just kind of takes over, it takes your full focus. So how difficult was it for EXP to turn your head? And ultimately, why did you decide to make that transition? Um, it wasn't that difficult, actually, because I mean, it was a little bit difficult because I'd put probably 20, 25 grand into belt and braces, website, you know, boards, etc branding the domain name customer fortune all that sort of stuff um so that was a little bit difficult but everything they said so when they first approached me i think i probably said no to them i said no it's not bother having a chat it's it's just the same as this other american company in the uk who haven't done very much in my opinion and you know they're struggling along so and then when they came back to me and they they actually sort of explained a lot of the stuff that i wanted to be using at bell and braces you know a lot of the you know things like workplace so i had this big vision for bell and braces to have agents around the country not necessarily self-employed. I hadn't made a decision on that yet, but using workplace, because I'd come across workplace when I was running Easy Property and I'd been saying to Easy Property, we get we have to get workplace into this business. It's amazing. It's brilliant. What is workplace? Um, Sorry to interrupt you there, because I've never I've never used it before. Workplace is a platform built by Facebook for workers. Uh, um, right, okay. It's basically uh, it, it, yeah, so it's, it's amazing. Like the interface, that the user experience is very similar to Facebook, but it's all about you know, business work, basically. Yeah. yeah, you've got community groups on there. You've exchanged best practice. And I, it's been, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to give a, a big sales pitch on EXP, but it's been really good for us in terms of building that um, that sense of belonging and community yeah. and kind of supporting our agents. It's, it's amazing, mate. Amazing. 100%, 100%. And that, that for me, with remote <clears throat> workers have to have a sense of, there has to be a community there. Yeah. There has to be a sense of belonging. So when I'd come across Workplace back in 2017, I'd always thought this is going to, this this is a this is a game changer for remote working. Um, so that was so a lot of the EXP stuff was really similar-ish to what I was sort of my big vision for EXP. Not not the not the recruitment necessarily of the self-employed people. You know there was lots of stuff, and that was part of the problem. That was part of the genius of it, I guess, um, was that I'd not thought of all this stuff, and I'm think, sitting there thinking, oh my god, these guys are literally going to revolutionise. And I've used that word there. <laughs> they are literally going to revolutionise state agency here. And if I'm not involved in this, I'm going to kick myself in, you know, three, five years time. I'm absolutely going to be kicking myself. And I was really worried about it because, you know, easy, easy property. That was one of the reason I joined easy was because I thought I'd be kicking myself in five years time because of the brand. E-move, I was, I was just attracted by, I wanted to work with Russell to be fair. And Russell's a mate of mine. And you know, I've always respected his, his, uh, the fact that he's a straight talking kind of guy, kind of guy. Um, but, um, but yeah, so I was really worried about a third failure in a row. 
Um, and look, we haven't been successful yet. We're still we're still only ten months in, but we're going in the right direction. Um, but but yeah, it was just I just look at it, looked at the model, and thought this is out of this world, mind blowing. Um, and I also felt as well, Ben, probably that the purple bricks juggernaut had been coming to a bit of a stall because actually it wasn't cracked up. It wasn't what people were being sold, which was work-life balance, earn more money, spend more time with the kids, yada, yada, yada. And I'm sitting there looking at this EXP model thinking this five years ago would have been too big a leap for someone to take, just too big a leap. But now because Purple Bricks and I doff my cap to them and I thank them for changing the mindset of the UK estate agents to become more, look at self-employed as a model, as an yeah. option. Um, Cause if it wasn't for Purple Bricks, we wouldn't have any half the success we've had right now. I don't think. I think if you, uh, even if, if like five years ago, if you launched DXP and Purple Bricks, people will go to Purple Bricks because that they sold the dream, didn't they? That yeah. dream now, okay, I've got a few friends that have been Purple Bricks and it is, it's working till one, two in the morning to get your figures through. And it is, there is that layer of management there that they don't really, they hadn't really advertised in the past. So if you launch DXP at the same time, you're going to go to Purple Bricks, whereas Purple Bricks have sold that dream of being self-employed and controlling it. Whereas EXP have taken the best parts of Verbal Bricks, but added in extras like you talk about the community. And yeah. for me, looking, not being part of EXP, I'm nothing to do with them. But from the outside in, when I'm speaking to people that are thinking about going EXP, it's, it's a no brainer. I'm quite an advocate of it. I will promote EXP because looking at it, I can't, it's almost that thing again. It's too good to be true. And I've had somebody say that to me. It does actually look like that, but everything is backed up and you can see from the success stories of other agents. Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's one of those things where, you know, there's no one size fits all approach and not every single person is right for every single model. So, I mean, just to kind of put my impartial hat on a second, I'm sure people can go to, you know, PB or, or any other variation of, of, of self-employed estate agency and have a degree of success. But it comes back to that question. What does success look like for you? If you love who you're working with at PB, if you're making the money you want to make and you invest in the time that you're willing to invest, then great. Good luck to you. Go and build a great business there. But, you know, it's kind of horses for courses. And, and for me, I think, and I'll probably Adam answer this question, but I did a podcast, an absolute shameless plug here, on my other podcast, the Ben Moore podcast, uh, about uh, luck and about preparation, meeting opportunity. And when those two things come together, that's when magic happens. And I kind of feel as if the educational cost that PB and others have bared over the last few years has provided a great opportunity for... PB have changed the game, haven't they? As Adam said, they've completely changed the game. And I saw it when I was at at the the corporate. I saw Purple Bricks is it's going to be huge because they were a bit more social than the big big people. like the countrywide, those type of, they, they didn't really have that personal edge. And that's where Purple Bricks gave the power to the, the estate agent themselves to build their own personal brand. And that's but why they they've changed the game forever. They have, but I don't think they went far enough. I think that, I think, Taking I think for me is Purple Bricks. And, you know, I've been saying this to a few people recently is that everyone in the industry for the last, my biggest criticism over the last five or six years probably is, and, and Purple Bricks is, and all the other online agents is, it's a people business, it's a people business. You know, people don't buy from, uh, you know, the website, they buy from people. Okay, well, why don't you make it about your people then? You know, mm-hmm. what part of any of the corporates promotes their person above their brand? And Purple Bricks still made it about Purple Bricks. They, they nearly got there, and they can still change it. They nearly got there with local property expert and putting in the faces of, agent, of the agents on, on the boards, mm. but they didn't empower their agents to go and become the, the local celebrity in their area. So, I, um, I mean, I've, I've got my own thoughts and opinions on this, Adam, but I'd be interested before I interfere, what, what's, what's your opinion as to why, not just Purple Bricks, but why, does, why doesn't virtually any business have the uh, bold approach of putting their people forward to the degree that we are? Why, why, why they know the they'll case? leave. They know they'll leave. Oh, they know they'll I'm leave and go and do it on that. their own. Because, mm. you know, if I was Adam Day, if, if when I was a country property, if social media was about when I was a country property in 1997 and I'd become Adam Day of country properties rather than country properties and there's a bloke that Adam works there, then I'd have left. It's, it's giving too much power to the individual agent. And for me, this is why state agency never changes because the, not just the corporates, but mid-sized businesses, small independents, they want that power and because they make more money out of it. Um, and you know, I was part of the problem. I'm not, I'm not blaming other people. I'm just saying I was part of the problem. They want that control. They want that power. They don't want to, their, their, their individuals to become bigger than the brand. 
um, because they know that their individuals will end up leaving and take a load of business with them. Um, but that's what it is. That's what a state agency is. And that, I've only learned that in the last year and a half or so with people like Ben. You know, Ben's now owning his area as yeah. Ben Moore. You know, that's, that's, a, that's unbelievable. You know, Mark Bentley in the middle of, in Sutton Coalfield, all he did was say, I'm now Mark Bentley. I'm part of EXP. And no one cares that he's part of EXP or where he's part of. They just want to deal with Mark Bentley. 100%. Um, and this is my good friend, Sam, who's, who's with EXP. She is known in her area as Sam. It doesn't matter which company she worked for. Yeah. People are coming to her now even more so because it's her working for herself. Do you know what I mean? It's her name that she, she's selling her name. Now, it doesn't matter tomorrow if she goes and works for Smith's estate agents or she stays on her own. It doesn't matter where she is. They're going to go to her for her. She, she, she is the magnet. She, she is what's bringing people yeah, in. That's, that's exactly what it is. And Sam's like, I don't want to blow too much smoke up Sam's backside, but Sam's a great example of exactly why, at least I believe, this model is great for the right person. And that is the key for the right person. Um, for me, in my market, I went from a cold start. I'm not known. I've got no ties to the community. I've got no really deep-rooted relationships because I moved here. So I'm essentially a fresh start. But Sam's got all that, all those past clients, all that social proof. She's got that reputation. And how long has she been here now, guys? What is it, like eight weeks or something? Maybe a touch longer, but... I checked her listings the other day. She's not far off 30 listings. Like, wow. No. Yeah, I think it's about 30. But it is, it's, it's her building her personal brand. And exactly. That, that can be done in any industry. I know this is obviously mainly talking about a state agency, but car salesmen, I follow, I follow a guy on TikTok who's a car salesman who got a new hire job as a car salesman because he makes funny TikToks. Mate, you think I, that's crazy? Mate, I... Uh... On that same vein, I I, don't, I can't remember what it was. I didn't I didn't follow all light, but I was on Facebook the other day just snooping around, and I found a butcher, right? This guy, this butcher in Scotland, who's got like fifty thousand likes on Facebook <laughs> because he's, he stands in the butchers going, "All right, guys, so today we've got," and he, he puts like this big this this big show on around selling the meat, but people really buy into it through his, through his Facebook and his Instagram lives, and it's like, wow, look at the personal brand that he's built around selling, you know. Dodgy it's personal brand, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. What do you do, Adam, to, to enhance your personal brand? Because obviously you're all about recruitment at the moment. I suppose you're looking to increase increase the, the good agents that come to EXP. What do you do? Because I know you've been on the Christopher Watkins sofa. You've been on that video. Do you know, what do you do to in, enhance your personal brand? Uh, well, so I spoke to Watkin probably a year or so ago and told him that, that I was launching EXP. Um, and... Um, you know, what do I do? I have no budget, is yeah. what I asked him. And he said, just do video, just do content. You know, you've got loads of good stories. And, you know, I, I did a video last year on LinkedIn about the day that I turned David Livesey down, which I've told you that story a little while ago. Um, got loads of hits. I, I did a video on why I hate purple bricks. I got oh. absolutely hammered for that. Got slated, ended up in property industry. I, you know, it was uh, that were, that went off about fifteen thousand <laughs> views of that video, um, and it was all about the fact that I didn't believe that the customer should pay regardless. That's all it was. I mean, it's just my view on which I don't think anyone should. Dis I don't. I don't see why anyone believes that that the customer should pay regardless. But anyway, um, see, I did a video on what it's like to work for Russell Quirk. I did a video on, you know, and and I the weird thing was, and I doffed my cap to Watkin on this. You know, Watkin's a bit of a legend, and me and him don't disagree on everything, but certainly. Um, I didn't talk once about EXP, not once did I talk about EXP, and yet I had dozens and dozens and dozens of people, including Ben, getting in touch saying, oh, all right, yeah, I've seen your videos, uh, I've heard about the EXP thing, but I want to know more about it, and actually I hadn't talked about EXP once. Because um, they want to work with you as a person opposed to the brand again? No, I don't, I don't, well, maybe, maybe not, and maybe I, maybe I don't see myself as that sort of, as an influential person, because I don't necessarily... Um, but, you know, people have said, oh, well, one of the reasons I've joined is because of you. And that's very flattering um, to hear that. But I'm sure there's plenty of people who won't join because of me. <laughs> because of me as well. <laughs> but you, I suppose you only want people that are going to enhance working with you, opposed to people that are always going to be battling against you. That's business, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, there's, you know, everyone has their, I mean, we've had a couple of guys who, are, who have joined who I know weren't a fan of mine. And, and now, because they, they read the articles on Property Industry, I, or, but that's part of my personal branding is, that personal branding promotion, I guess, is is PR. You know, I can I can pick up the phone to the guys and and normally you know talk to them and and they'll ask me questions and there'll be a, there's there's some sort of industry news that can be created from that, I guess. Um, and people are interested in in what I've got to say for some reason. I don't understand why. Um, <laughs> 
but you're, you're like... a big big fan of getting people out there on video and getting their getting their voices out there getting their opinions because you have what is it is it like a five-day challenge when somebody joins exp the five the five-day video challenge uh, it's not actually when someone joins exp but i did i just occasionally throw it out there on workplace say right who's gonna do five videos you know here's your five titles go out and do five videos and we had a little spurt of that i need to do that Actually, you give me an idea. It should be on, on Joy. That's, it should be like that, an that induction, should be. shouldn't it? That's a great idea, Chris. That's a great yeah, idea. A I'll take 10%. I knew, I knew, I knew there was fine. a reason we started doing these podcasts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For anyone that's, that's listening, if we break that down, so you go to somebody that works for EXP and you say, to really get your face out there, you should release five videos over the next five days and these are the five topics. Is, is that how it looks? Generally. I mean, I've, as I say, I've just done a general sort of challenge to a few people saying, right, we you know, probably, I think I did it, what was it, two months ago, Ben, where I just said to Something everyone, like you know, and so every, and probably every couple of months, and funnily enough, I was thinking about last week, I must do another one, because we've had another 40 agents join us in the last two months, so, you know, we are growing quickly, so those new 40 agents, there'll be a percentage of those that will go, okay, yeah, I'll give it a, give it a bash. Um, but yeah, I just think... What? I think that video is massive. It's yeah, so important. But what it is, Chris, just to kind of be, just to kind of be clear on it, it's not like a you must do this. It's just trying to help people kind of swallow that frog, because it's one of those things where it's like everyone kind of wants to do it. They kind of feel as if they should be doing it, but there's just so many objections and so much self doubt that holds people back. So it's kind of saying, well, say what, let's hold hands as a community. Let's all throw ourselves into, into, into the table and, 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 and we'll all do it together and see where it goes. And then people have got that accountability then and people are sharing the videos and then suddenly they put the first video out and they see the world still turning and no one's bit their head off. And then it just kind of gets you over that initial objection and, and, and allows think, you to move forward and make it part of your strategy. It's that, it's, as you said, it's getting the videos out and gaining that traction, but it's that consistency, isn't it? It's, yeah. And you obviously have good ideas. And this is something I actually ask... Um, ask some of my guests on the other podcast Adam is if you were to completely set up say you were to move to the north of Scotland tomorrow and you literally just had your phone a laptop and an internet connection what would be say the three steps that you would do to start in your area in your new town uh, join a football club um, I okay. go to the pub on a regular basis I'd, I'd have a local that I would literally visit once a week or maybe twice a week. So Mrs. Day um, is more understanding than Mrs. Moore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think, I, I honestly think the pub is a brilliant place to do business. I mean, putting Corona to one side at the moment, obviously, but I think it's a great place. If you become known in that area, um, the bar staff, the people within the, the, the pub, the people coming and going and coming and going and getting to know your face if you're there regularly. Uh, that's where I you know, did a lot of business. I'd be throwing out loads of videos on advice on, you know, on the market. I think Watkins, you know, we, me and Watkins disagree on the house price thing. So he talks about pushing videos out on the average house, house price in West Hill is da 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 And I don't buy into that. I, I, I think it's got to be part of the mix maybe, but I'd be much more inclined to be doing content on estate agency. You know, should you have the sale ward up? Um, stuff like that. I did a, I, I commented or I posted in the We Love Hitching group about a year and a half ago they put a flag in the town square mm. and, uh, and I commented saying what an eyesore. And we, it, it was like, had 134 comments and all of a sudden I became like this horrible man in Hitchin and um, that didn't like the flagpole, but other people agreed <laughs> with me. And, but, so I would be engaging with the community through the, the local Facebook pages. Um, you know, I'd be, I'd be, I'd probably be setting a lot of stuff up as well. If I'm honest, um, you have to, you have to bend the rules a little bit. So I say to people, look, get one of your friends to write on the We Love Hitching page. Can anyone give me some advice on what the housing market is going to do after Corona? And then <laughs> I say I this to my the, clients all the time. <laughs> yeah, I would be the first person to answer. So yeah. it's a bit like putting a false for sale board up, isn't it, in a way? You're getting just that coverage and that. So you know, I've always been one to bend the rules um, and I would be bending them wherever I could. You know, I did, when I was running Easy Property, just quickly, I'm conscious of time, but... Um, uh, I did a load of, I sponsored a school. So I, I had an easy property license in Hitchin mm -hmm. and I sponsored a school and, um, and I had loads of easy property boards and signs up around Hitchin and I took a photo of them and, and I posted on the local We Love Hitchin group going, has anyone seen these annoying boards? They're so annoying. I was just moaning about them. And then I just had like a whole raft of comments going, yeah, I've seen them. They're really annoying. What's this easy property like all about? And and eventually they rumbled, the admin rumbled me and they deleted the post. But <laughs> I was, getting, I was, I was I was getting loads of loads of interaction and just just doing things like that. Just got to be a bit inventive, I think. Sometimes, think outside the box. You know, 
I think that's yeah, exactly. one. If if people are listening to this, make a note of that. It's a big thing I talk about as well. Is these local Facebook groups are huge at the minute, and or when whenever I start working with someone, I say get one of your friends to send a message in saying, "Can you recommend an estate agent in the area?" Text all your mates and say, "Look, when it goes live, I want you all to comment." Before yeah. long, it's what you tend to find is the other agents think, "Oh, there's ten comments of Smith's estate agents. I'm not going to bother." putting my name down anymore and then slowly but surely as you said you've got to be a bit inventive but i love that for sale board one i think that's that 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 is that is just phenomenal yeah i did another one as well with but i've got an instruction from which is a belt and braces my first belt and braces instruction came from me posting a poll on the facebook page saying if you um what's the most uh i can't remember what it was now you know what do you want to know most about the housing market slash estate agency and i did five different answers um, you know, it was our price is going to go up. Should I buy to let? Um, how much are estate agents fees and why hasn't my house sold? And the red herring in there was why hasn't my house sold? Because anyone who answered that, they haven't sold the house. So I had 72 responses, four people clicked on why hasn't my house sold and I got one instruction from it. Um, so because I just befriended that person, sent them a message and said, oh, well, you know, I know she hasn't sold and you answered the question. How can I help you? And so it was just, again, it's just just thinking outside the box a little bit of what what do people talk about they moan a lot on those things they ask for advice yeah. and recommendations so be part of the community moan with them and ask for advice and and you know stage it i that absolutely the top, love that mate that I is love the top that. tip that's going to be the hashtag it, moan with them moan with them it's just such, <laughs> such a soft way of getting people to put their head above the parapet yeah it? that's, that's exactly, essentially yeah. what it is but i'd be touting the hell out of a local area as well direct mail all right, mate. Don't don't be giving too much away, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's the only industry in the world, in my opinion, where you know that that person wants your product. Why on earth? Why on earth would you not be approaching someone who's got a whacking great big for sale sign in their front garden that's saying, "Help! I need your help. I'm for sale. I need your help." <laughs> yeah. Why on earth wouldn't you be approaching those people in one way or one form or another? So people that don't do that are mental, as far as I'm concerned. Agreed. Um, agreed. Such massive idea. tips in there. Um, Adam, just conscious of time because we've kept you for longer than what we intended to, to be honest. So before we do let you shoot off, the one question that I did want to kind of pick up on is uh, obviously we've discussed your history and your past and where you've come from and the, the word that I said I wouldn't use, the journey you've been on. Um, but what does the future look like for Adam Day? Where are we taking things over the next five or 10 years? Where do you see things going? What do you want to achieve? Let's put a flag in the ground. Where are we going? Well, it's not an ugly one in Hitchin. Like before. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, look, I just want to have an impact on the estate agency. I want to be able to look back when I'm 60, 65, 70 and say, you know, I was, a, I was, a, I was integral in the change in the estate agency industry in the UK, which brought us into line with most other countries where the customer gets a better service, the customer pays a higher fee, the agent makes more out of it, um, the corporation does fine out of it as well. Um, I, my ultimate goal, I guess, I want people to be no, I want people, I want estate agents to belong to people. So, you know, my doctor is Dr. Turner. My accountant is Lisa. Um, my lawyer is Debbie. My hairdresser is Darren. You know, I want people to go, my estate agent is Ben or my estate agent is Adam or, or my estate agent is Chris or whatever it might be. I don't think we have that yet. I don't think we have that. And I think with personal branding, I think with, you know, obviously plugging EXP, I think with the model we've got, I think that in 10 years time, I'll, we should be able to look back and go, we now belong to people as, as yeah. individual estate agents rather than, oh, I've used country properties. Oh, I can't remember who I bought my last house through. God, I, I can't believe I can't remember who I sold my house through last time. I mean, yeah. that's just ridiculous. You know, yeah. I, I, should, I, I, don't, I don't know who Debbie, my, my lawyer, works for. I don't know the brand. I, I know Debbie. You just and know I've, Debbie. Got on, I've got her on speed dial whenever I need her. You know, I don't know. I know that Lisa works for Ashes, but if she went and worked for somebody else, I would never find out about it because I've got Lisa on speed dial. And that's, just the way estate, yeah. that's the way a state agency should be. No question. And that's, what, that's really my ultimate goal. I think it's quite profound as well that like really it's the same sentiment and the same mission as you had at Hatch, but just a different vehicle. And it's kind of like, well, now we've kind of ridden that wave. Now it's about this new era of estate agency because I definitely feel, and again, taking all biases out of it, obviously I'm partnered with EXP, but even if I was completely independent, I don't see how anyone can look at this model and not kind of think that that's going to play a crucial part in the shaping of the next 10, 15, 20 years in the, in the sector. So I think it's a really exciting time and you know, I'm looking forward to seeing how that pans out. And we've made yeah. that shift into community back again, haven't we? Whereas it was all going very 
it was very much not about the people at the beginning of the year and now everybody's back into this community where we want to look after the local people so as you said um, Adam or, or Ben is going to be my estate agent that's the person I'm going to trust I'm going to start using the baker the butcher do you see what I mean it's always well, we're getting back yeah. into that community now and this model yeah. fits it perfectly yeah absolutely yeah no I agree no it's exciting exciting times and you know looking forward to the next five to ten years I always just say to my colleagues at Hatch you know I wonder where we'll be in five years time I wish I had a crystal ball wish I had that time machine yeah, we need to tell and, people uh, about it. <laughs> again, I, I always think I, I'm, I'm a bit, I'm a long-term thinker, and I always think about what it's going to look like in ten years' time. I don't ever think about tomorrow or the next day. It's always what's that look like in five years' time, ten years' time, and that's what we're trying to build for. And yeah, I'm looking forward to doing this again when I'm 52 and looking back over the last ten years. Hopefully, that'll be see the legacy. Yeah, no, it's been great. Well, thank you very much for having you on, Adam. Really appreciate it. Right, Is so the, where's you. the best place for people to connect with you? Oh, LinkedIn, LinkedIn. I'll try and keep LinkedIn professional. That's where, that's the best place or, or adam.day at exp.uk.com. Yeah, One great. Perfect. We'll pop it all in the show notes anyway. But Adam, thank you very much for coming on. Really appreciate it. And um, I've, I've loved listening to your stories. I think Absolutely. Nice. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks, Thanks very much. Speak Cheers, Adam. Take yeah. care.